As most of you know, we've been sharing for, since January from the book of Mark. And, uh, yeah, we have some more over here on my left, Brother Junius. Uh, from the book of Mark. And uh, what I'd like to do today is, is begin a series on the miracles of Jesus and the ones that are found in the book of Mark. There are 18 recorded miracles of Jesus in the book of Mark. Now, I, I must say that I, I don't know that I would even want to start on this sermon and this series unless I knew that God still performs miracles today. How many of you know that? God still performs miracles today. And we'll get into that. We'll get into that just a little bit later. But uh, let's read some scripture, if you will. It's found in St. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Speaking of the book of John. But these are written that you what might believe in that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. Uh, we'll get into the purpose of the miracles in just a moment. But look at John 1. Or John, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Notice what he says. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And then we'll read Matthew 10 and 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Father, we thank you for this powerful truth. We thank you for your word. And today we pray that your blessings might be upon this congregation but not only with us in this church, but throughout this city. We pray for the pastors. We pray for the churches and hundreds of churches in this city today. May your Holy Spirit fall upon the ministries of the churches. We pray against the hatred that Satan has created between people. We pray against fear that tries to grip lives and hearts. We pray against anger, and we pray, God, that you would replace that hatred with love, that you would replace that fear with peace, and that you would put, replace that anger certainly with joy and with kindness. Meet the needs of this congregation, and we'll praise you in Christ's name. And everybody says, Amen. Notice your introduction, if you will, on the paper that was given out preaching the miracle stories of the Gospels in a rational age certainly is not easy. Yet the synoptic Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and the first nine chapters of Mark in particular are filled with stories of Jesus as a miracle worker. 
There are 18, as I said, miracles of Jesus recorded in the book of Mark. And the gospel of Mark is well able to establish a healthy faith in Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Mark proceeded to do this through an emphasis on the miracles of our Lord. I mentioned to you when I began, Mark, how that it's important for us as we study this powerful book. It is the shortest of the Gospels, and yet it was the first Gospel that was written. I know it's not the first in the New Testament, but it was the first Gospel that was written. Mark wrote primarily to the Christian Greeks, and he wrote primarily to the Romans or the Roman church. So keep in mind that the writings of Mark is one of the most relevant books in the entire Bible. And so to emphasize this and to create an interest and to show forth the power of God, he lists 18 miracles in his book. Notice, first of all, what constitutes a miracle. In Mark, as in Matthew and also in Luke, miracles are called deeds of power, and they're called different things in, the, in different books. An extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. It is a divine act of God in the matter of human affairs. And then we have other definitions of a miracle, and they are supernatural manifestations of divine power in the external world or special revelations of the presence and the power of God. How many of you know we need a special revelation of the presence and the power of God? We need a special revelation of the presence and power of God. It will transform lives. Programs will not transform lives. Churches will not transform lives. Preachers will not transform lives. But the power of God and the Word of God will change people's lives. So we need that. And for anyone that says the miracles cease with the early church, they don't know the Bible like they need to know or like they should know because there are still, still miracles happening today. Number four, the purpose of a miracle is to bring forth new revelation from God and validate that message and its messenger. Validate that message and its messenger. What I want to do is, uh, is read Mark 1, 27, and we'll go further down, Mark, that's running the uh, video. Mark 1, 21 through 27. Now, this is important when it comes to the miracles of God. Notice what Mark writes in the first chapter as he says, Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and taught. And notice verse 22, And they were astonished at his what? Someone said, I don't like teaching. We need teaching, especially of God's Word. They were astonished, he says, at his 
teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now notice in this text, the word authority is used twice. He goes on to say in verse 23, Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed. Now here they are again. And these short few verses, it talks about the amazement of the congregation. It talked about the amazement of the people that were there. And they were all, not one or two, but all amazed so that they questioned among themselves, saying, now this is an important saying when it comes to the miracles that Jesus performed. Mark wanted us to see how important the teaching of Jesus Christ was and his teaching with authority. They said, what is this? What new doctrine? And the Amplified says there, what new fresh teaching? You see that word doctrine? What new doctrine? That means what new teaching. So sandwiched between these verses is a story of a man that was possessed by by demons, by the devil. And he rose up and began to speak out and Jesus cast him out. And they were amazed and sandwiched between this incident is the teaching. They were amazed at his teaching before. They were amazed at his teaching. What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. Now why did God and Mark through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit put these verses together like he did? I believe that it's important for us to realize why there are miracles. I remember when I was very young growing up, there there was a tremendous amount of healings. I mean, divine healings took place often. And on the old black and white television, there was a man by the name of Oral Roberts. Many of you don't have never seen him or maybe don't even know of him. He was the one, of course, that started Oral Roberts University. But on the old black and white television, sitting there, he would sit down, jet black hair, and in front of him was the big sure mic. That was his microphone that he would use. And he would sit in that seat hour after hour while people, hundreds of people lined up the file by him and he to lay his hands on them and they were healed by the hundreds. He had one of the largest tents in the nation. It seated thousands of people. Next to this large tent was a smaller tent. And they would gather in this smaller tent by the hundreds. 
in beds, in wheelchairs, with crutches and walkers, invalids, sickness, all kind of diseases. And these people were healed. I'm not saying all of them were healed, but they were healed by the hundreds. And the healings were dramatic. You could not deny it. But Oral Roberts was not the only one that was praying for people to be healed. There were many ministers that were praying for people to be healed. There were many healings in the church. And you've heard us give the testimony of healings that took place under the leadership of our former pastor. How God would heal people. It was undeniable. We had one girl that came and had a shoe built up. I've I don't want to exaggerate it. It was uh, four or more inches. It was built up a lot. It was not one or two inches. It was built up a lot. And he prayed for this girl, and she was healed. And I'm not talking about the junk that went on after that, stretching legs. Uh, That was a gimmick. Much of that was gimmicks. And I'll get into that in just a moment. But he prayed for this girl. She was a minister of the gospel. She sung, played the guitar, but she had a built-up shoe, and she was healed, and her leg was the same length as the other one. It happened. He prayed for Brother Morris's son, which is uh, uh, Ray, and, and, and when he was a baby, and the child was born with his, his uh, uh, help me, chest, thank you. When I was thinking about the ribs, I was trying to think of the word. His ribs, his chest grew in. It did not grow out normal. It grew in. And part of his insides was protruding out the side. Well, he laid his hands on Ray, and while his hands was on that boy, his chest grew out. I don't believe that, Brother Don. I don't care if you don't believe it or not. It happened. I mean, you know, we were there. I was there when it happened, and I guess I ought to know the song. A.A. A. Allen, Jack Coe, William Branham are just a few names that people were praying for sick all over the world. And, and they were healed. I mean, uh, I, could, I could spend all morning telling them about these healings because it was just, it was just amazing. But what happened, one of, the, one of the things that happened, not necessarily what happened, but one of the things that happened, the flesh got in the way. And they were said, great men of faith and power. Other words, the paper and eventually the television and the radio broadcast and told the story how these great men and people got their eyes on the people rather than on the God that was healing. And this great minister of healing stopped. Now, that that doesn't mean that healing stopped. Because there are people still being healed today. Okay? And so often, 
so there were miracles after miracles taking place. People were actually being raised from the dead. There was one man, he had no eyeballs, and he was prayed for, and he could see without eyeballs. I don't believe that. That's okay. You don't have to believe it. There were, I'm just telling you, then there were powerful miracles, and many people got up and walked that could not walk. Many people that, that could not talk began to talk. Many people that could not see began to see. But something happened because man got in the way. And man took credit for it. Eventually, it was used primarily to raise money. I'm sorry to say that, but it was. Anytime the flesh moves in, God is not going to have anything to do with that. And flesh moved in. The miracles that took place in the Bible was for a reason. It was not to glorify the flesh. And whatever it's done today, whatever happens in the church today, the great moving of the Spirit of God or the the, the services that go on, whether it's a mega church or a small church or whatever it is, whatever is done today, it should be done for the glory of God. And when man takes credit for it, it goes away. And Jesus did not come just to perform miracles, healings, cast out devils, and do those things. And so what Mark is saying here, this healing pointed to the healer and pointed to the message. And so when healings, the manifestation of the Spirit of God, the anointing of God, the gifts of the Spirit, when they operate, it's to point you to Jesus Christ, not to some system, not to some church, not to some preacher to be glorified in it. You start taking credit for what God does and what God is doing, it will leave you. Because God's not going to have any part of that. So, they said here in this verse, they were all amazed so that they... Now, here was, here was, can you imagine being in church and all of a sudden this person stands up and starts blabbing out and, and, and you can tell it's a manifestation of the, of, the, of the enemy and Satan and demonic force. Can you imagine the feeling and, and, and the atmosphere in there? And Jesus said, you be quiet. And Jesus cast him out and he left. And that man, like the madman of Gadaree, was at peace. He was settled. He was in his right mind. And all of this is happening in church. You could say, well, I'm so glad that man was healed. Or and that's good. That's nothing wrong with that. You can brag on the church. You can brag on the preacher. You can brag, hey, we could go around and get us a little card and say, you know what? In our church, there was a demonic man delivered and said, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But they marveled and were amazed and questioned among themselves, said, what is this? What new teaching? Is this? 
for he's teaching the message. The message. We, we, it, it's so easy to forget the message. We can have a beautiful church and beautiful lights and everything can be fine and, and all the programs and everything going along, but we better not forget the message. They were, they were amazed at the message. What is the message? Jesus saves. What is the message? Jesus will redeem you. What is the message? Jesus will transform your life. What is the message? That God Almighty sent his son to this earth to live and to die and to be resurrected again that he might transform lives. That's the message. And when we're distracted from that, it becomes just religion. You see, it's all about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about pews and, 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 and buildings and, and preachers and lights and programs and all of this stuff. It's all about a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I wonder how many people walk into a church this morning all over the United States, thousands and thousands and thousands of churches and millions of people, how many walk into that church and they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's what Mark is saying here. Time out. Don't forget the teaching. Don't forget the reason of the miracles. Don't forget why this is happening. The purpose of a miracle is to bring forth new revelation from God and validate that message and its messenger. And the miracles of Jesus Christ validated him. It validated him. I'm going to read John 2.23, Brother Mark. Now when, John 2.23, Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. Now, let me say here something here that's very important. Miracles not necessarily produce faith. If it did, the Pharisees wouldn't have watched the miracles and grumbled and complained and doubted. But miracles will point you to the one that will give you faith. And that's what God is wanting to do. Jesus said when he came to the grave of Lazarus and he prayed, you remember when he was there? with Martha and Mary, and he stood at the mouth of that grave, that tomb. Listen to what he says in John eleven forty two. And I know that you are all, that you always hear me. Jesus is talking to none other than his father. And he said, Father, I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, 
I said this that they may believe that you sent me. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. The church today is like, it's like getting a big, beautifully wrapped box on Christmas and you've got the beautiful paper and the bow and, and, and all about it. And, and, and you look at that and it's so pretty you hate to tear the paper and remove the bow but you've got to because what's on the inside is more important than what's on the outside. And the church has been offered these gifts, has been given all of the great things And we tear off the paper and we remove the bow and we place the inside here, what's really important here, and we are so glad for the bow and the paper. We're excited about it. It's pretty. Don't look at the wrapping. Sometimes we we don't know how to accept the messenger. I must admit to you, there are some messengers that I'd rather hear than other messengers. Are you the same way? Yeah, we all are. There's not a person here, not one of us, that some messengers we like and some we don't necessarily like and some we just don't like. But I'll tell you, if God can use Balaam's donkey. A jackass. That's what Baba calls it. If God can use a donkey, he can use anybody. And I've learned or try to learn, still trying to learn, not necessarily to get so wrapped up or so positive or negative. Of, and we should certainly encourage those that's preaching the gospel and, and, and thank God for God using individuals. And I thank God for men and women that are anointed. And I respect that and I honor that and I praise God for it. And I think we should give honor to who honor is due. But folks, let's not get so carried away with the package, the paper, and the bow. Let's realize that Jesus Christ has sent a power to us. The dudamus. The inherent power. You say, what is dudamus? That's the Greek word for, for God's power and spirit. You know what that means? It means it's ever refurbishing and building. It's, it never runs out. It never runs out. God gives us that. There are basically three types of miracles in Mark. Look at your notes. Exorcism. Often casting or really casting out demons and devils. You know what we do with them now? We ship them off to some psychiatrist. I, I, I'm not against that. I have, please don't tell anybody the preachers against psychiatrists and psychologists. I'm not. Dope addicts, drug addicts, alcoholics. I love Alcoholics Anonymous. Anonymous. I, I, I love all the programs. I think they're great. But nothing compares with the power of God. 
And there's just a lot of people who needs the devil cast out of them, beat out of them, or cast out on one. I don't know which one it is. No, he needs the devil cast out of them. Let me give you an example of the world. You know what percentage of, of drug addicts that the governmental programs helps, if they go into a governmental program and they're all over America, you know what percentage really changes? Less than 5%. You know what percentage of David Wilkerson's ministry Thank you. Teen Challenge. You know what percentage go into Teen Challenge and after, listen to this, after five years are still free of drugs? You want percentage? Now here you've got less than 5% that millions and millions of my and your money and everybody else's money is spent, 3% basically, but less than 5%, 73% of teen challenge entrances come out after five years, they're still free from drugs. You know why? They teach something in there that's real. They teach the word of God. They live the word of God. That's what we need. We need devils cast out. The second one, nature miracles, like turning water into wine. In the ways in the first miracle Jesus ever had was turn water into wine just to keep the party going. That's Mark Lowry for you. It's amazing. Turning water into wine. Calming the storm. Speaking to the wind and the waves, feeding five thousand, all of those. And then the third type of miracles is healings. The blind, the lame. This is what God is doing today. This is what God is doing today. There are miracles being performed all over the world. And I'll tell you what, folks. There is one of the greatest revivals going on in the, in the country of, of, of China than, than's ever gone on. You don't hear about it. CNN's not going to tell you about it. CBS, NBC, and ABC, they're not going to tell you about it. Even Fox, they're not going to tell you about it. But there is a move of God going on in China. Even with all the persecution. And miracles are happening all over the world. And they're happening in America, but not like in foreign countries. You know why? We don't need God. Why should we need God? We've got hospitals, doctors, we've got banks. We've got everything we need. It's when we get desperate. It's when we call out to God. The Bible says, familiar, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek, seek. We don't seek until we get in trouble. We might pray, but we get serious when we get in trouble. Seek my face, and that's about where we stop and turn from our wicked ways. Then the Bible says that God, God Almighty, the God that spoke and the world came into existence, God Almighty shall what? Hear from heaven. What shall he do? Forgive us of our sins. And number three, heal our land. And people, 
whether it's Indonesia or whether it's other, there are a lot of other countries. They're doing that. They're, they're crying out to God. They're seeking the face of God. You get serious with God when ISIS is on its way. You get serious with God when you know your life hangs in, by a thread. You get serious with God when you know that if you turn to God, like so many young people has today from, from the Middle East and other countries, that they were Muslims and the children turned to God. And you know what? Many of them are persecuted, cast out. Many of them even abused. Many of them even killed. But God's still doing those things, folks. God's still doing those things. And Mark records this. He records this. And the reason that we need the miracles is that we want God to touch. I I, I look at Finest Snake. I love Finest Snake. Uh, He gives you, always gives you 10 reasons why or whatever. But he, he lists several reasons why we need miracles to make believers. Number two, to fulfill prophecy. Number three, to destroy the works of Satan. Number four, to confirm Christ. This is why he did it, to confirm his sonship. Number five, to demonstrate God's power over the devil. Number six, to confirm the word of God. Help help us, God, as a church, as a body of believers, not just here, but all over the United States. Help us to see miracles. Help us to see an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. And not only... Uh, the Spirit of God comes. See, see there, there are three uh, areas of the Spirit of the Lord. First of all, there's the omnipresence. He's everywhere. Amen? David said, you can't go anywhere and, they're not, and not find the presence of God. Second of all, there's the abiding presence. When you get saved, when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, He comes on the inside. And then thirdly, someone say thirdly. Thirdly, thirdly, there's a manifested presence of God. That's when he shows forth his power. And that's what the church needs today. We need to see the manifestation of the Spirit of God. Oh, we need to see the manifestation. So, it's to confirm confirm God's word and glorify God and also I believe that Jesus performed miracles also, here's a reason, to be an example for you and I. You say, Brother Don, you believe that's for us today? Well, listen to what he says. And when he had called his 12, I'll read it again, his disciples to him, he gave them. Who did he give it to? His disciples. Somebody says, that's just for the pastor. That's just for the evangelist. That's just for the prophet. That's just, no, it's for every believer. He gave, that's a disciple before him. He gave the disciples power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. In, in Matthew 10, he says it this way. And as you go, who? All of us. It's not just the preacher. It's all of us. As you go, preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then he says what for us to do? Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received what? 
free to go. That's good preaching, Brother Don. I mean, that's, that's good stuff. That's God's word. I'm not preaching anything outside of God's word. It's all God's word. God wants to, he, he wants us to, to realize that this is available to us today. Christ gave his followers authority over every evil spirit. And we just read it, Luke 10, 19. Let's do read it. Let me read it. Behold, I give you authority to trample on what? Serpents and scorpions. That's not to pick up snakes and play with them. That's not even what he's not even talking about serpents. I'm talking about physical and, and scorpions. He's talking about demons. Are you listening? He's talking about listen, serp, serpents and scorpions are symbols of spiritual enemies and demonic. Power. He says unto you and I today, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all, somebody say all, all power, all power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means do what? Hurt you. I don't know about you, but I'm excited this morning. I, I really am excited. You say, Brother Don, don't you know what's happening in the world today? Have you got your head stuck in a hole? No. I know what's going on. I know how the enemy has arrayed himself in, 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 in trying to destroy the Christian influence in this country. And, and I could take the rest of the time talking about it. I'm not going to do that. I promised myself last week that I was not going to have a knee-jerk reaction to what was done. But I'll tell you what, the church needs to stand up and be counted. And we need to see miracles today. Wouldn't it be great if the nine members on the Supreme Court could see some miracles today? I'm talking about genuine miracles. Wouldn't it be great if, 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 if the White House could experience some miracles today? God's miracles. And I'm talking about the church. And God's going to hold the church responsible. Because if we could get men and women that's just simply pastors and leaders in the churches, if we could get them to follow the word of God, then when they went to the White House, you know, they get there and we just... It's just terrible. We have compromised the word of God so much. We have watered it down so much. It means no more than a novel that you pick up and read. God forgive us. God help us. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for your word. I'm excited about this word. I thank you for every book, all 66 books. I thank you for the Old Testament and the New Testament. I thank you, Lord, for every writer, inspired writer of the Bible. I thank you, Lord, that it's just as much alive 
today as it was the day it was written. It's just as real today as it was 50 years ago. Your healing is just as much available as it was in the 50s and the 60s. The Holy Ghost is just waiting for the church to prepare itself and get ready that it could pour out the Spirit. And that song that we sung, the water, the fire of the Holy Spirit, God fall on us. God, John the Baptist said, I'll baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me. He will baptize you. And the Holy Ghost and fire. May the contemporary church experience the fire of the Holy Ghost. May the church of the day Because I know there are people that think, well, that's not relevant for us today. We've gone beyond that. Lord, you don't go beyond the moving, the manifestation, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, my heart hungers. My heart hungers for Joel, that prophecy to be fulfilled. That great prophecy that in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. God, we're living in the last days. I believe that. I believe that with all of my heart. Lord, what has transpired in this nation just in the last few years, I believe is fastly pointing to the second coming, Father, of your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe it's preparing this world. It saddens me that I'm concerned that America is not included in the redemption of man. Lord, it concerns me that what's happened to Greece can easily, and unless America turns, it will happen in America. We'll get up in the morning and all we can get out of the bank is $66. And following, Lord, I don't mean to be pessimistic, but following on the heels of that, we'll go to the Kroger store. Harris Teeter. Food line. And the shelves will be empty. But help America to turn. Help America to to realize where she's at. Help our leaders that their blinded eyes will be opened. And may your Holy Spirit Once again, create an atmosphere, a people, a church and churches, ministries, parachurch ministries, 
May the Holy Spirit prepare us for the miracles that will take place in our midst.